You know, having sensitive skin makes finding skincare products so difficult. It is. But today's sponsor, OneSkin, makes it easy. Their topical supplements are formulated with soothing ingredients and natural antioxidants. And they're gentle enough to use every day, even if you have sensitive skin. And it was founded by an all-female team of scientists. OneSkin's products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without all the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products. In a third-party 12-week clinical study performed by third-party research organization OS01 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging one skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer get started today with 15 percent off using code tco at oneskin.co that's 15 percent off oneskin.co with code tco after your purchase they'll ask you where you heard about them please support the show and tell them we sent you it's more than just your output more than a bike Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast, episode 335. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hi. Hi. I'm going to turn my sound down. Okay. Fun times. How's that? That's some, it doesn't sound any like, different to me. Really? It yeah. felt like I was yelling at myself. Well, because remember when we recorded the thing the other day, I was I at work and you had to crank it up because it yeah. was, and so I think you cranked up how it sounds in your headphones. Oh. This is the sort of hot peloton news people come to the clip out for Woo! we got all the details <laughs> i will say it is a crazy busy week it like, is like i know we've kind of been switching this format where we're trying to tighten up the show keep it shorter keep it tighter and then the overflow ends up in the bonus episode the clipped out that you can get on patreon patreon.com slash the clip out five bucks a month all you can eat you get all the things you get ad free episodes you get the bonus content if we get it early you get it early or like last week if we get it late you get it late <laughs> that's yeah. a thing that happens darn earnings uh, call through everything for I a little i feel bad for the people that just signed up that they're because we have so many people sign up and uh and that they're like oh if they get it early and they're like did i do something wrong because it's like eight o'clock and i don't see an episode like this sucks <laughs> well you you know, on that note, I have discovered a glitch within Patreon. Okay, so for those of you who have signed up for a seven-day free trial, check this out. The seventh day is still technically free, even though it says it's your first paid day. So until they charge you, there's this like 12-hour period where you can't access anything. Not the free stuff, not the paid stuff. That's so you weird. You get nothing for that's, 12 hours. That's so weird. It is so bizarre. Yeah. And it's like like clockwork. I get a notification that somebody like signed up, like they went into the paid mode. And then like five minutes later, I get a notification from somebody going, why can't I see anything? <laughs> yeah. And then I asked Patreon and they were like, 
they didn't even understand my question. I was right. just like, okay, I've already established this is a pattern. We're just going to deal with this. So, yeah. That's so weird. Just 12 hours of annoying and then it's, it's back to normal. It's just a way to remind you how nice it is to have all the things, right? We take them away for a little bit <laughs> and you really miss them. And you're like, oh, thank God it's back. <laughs> what a delight. But I'll tell you, the book club is always free yes. over at Patreon. Yeah, we had somebody asking today about the book club because they did a seven day trial and they decided to not stick around which is fine it's totally fine and we're not like, gonna be mad we, at you we still like you um and, and but they were like oh does this mean i can't do the book club we're like no 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 no, no. the book club is totally free for anybody you just you have to join patreon but we don't take your credit card number any well we're not taking credit card numbers patreon is but yes but like you don't have to give them a credit card number you can just join at the free level and here's even the post from kim keith miller yeah so you can see if you're watching on youtube i'm not just making this up to make <laughs> yeah, it sound she, organic she was like i exhausted my seven day free trial can i still get yeah, this and yes, i was like can. it is always free all yes. you gotta do is go to patreon.com slash the clip out click join community yeah. and the cool part is on november 14th we're gonna have our next book club meeting we are going to be discussing don't forget to write by fellow pelotonian sarah goodman confino and she's going to join us yeah that'll be fun i am super looking forward to this this Absolutely. was a great book and i really enjoyed it yeah no i it was a good read i know i'm not exactly the target demo you are not but i did enjoy it i'm glad yeah and so uh we should also remind people that our guest this week is Dr. David Kipper. And if that name sounds familiar to you, or if you're on YouTube and you're looking at your screen and that face looks familiar to you, he's been in a tons, ton of things. Like he actually was one of the first doctors in the world to switch to a concierge model of being a doctor, which means you just pay him a flat rate and he'll be there. He's always on call for you, no big or small, right? And, uh, and obviously that's something that maybe people with uh, a little bit more means mm -hmm. might partake in and he has actually a pretty solid celebrity roster which we do not dig into because of hipaa of course but, but if you recognize his face and you are trying to place it it is because most likely he did testify at the johnny depp amber heard trial yeah. so like but he's also got his own podcast he had his own radio show for years so he's going to talk about that also and he's just super fun and was. nice yeah. i mean i just and on that note on that note it's something <laughs> we haven't done in a long long time years which is this interview is a two-parter so yeah. he, and that's also part of our effort to keep the show shorter but we were supposed to talk to him for 20 minutes we ended up talking to him for closer to an hour and yeah. so we decided to break it up into chunks and so you're going to get half this week you're going to get half next week uh, what a delight he is, yeah. though. You will really enjoy this conversation. For, for sure. So hopefully you stick around about and, and listen to that as well. So uh, in addition to that, what, pray tell, can they expect this week? Well, we have so much to cover. Uh, the latest tour stop. We have all the details for London. We have a recap of the, Lon of the London, of the New York City Marathon. There's updates to the login screen we're going to talk about, what's going on with the Tread Plus, partnerships aplenty, uh, whatever Peloton is expanding to now. We have all of that. We also have a visit from Dr. Jin. She is going to talk about how to increase your motivation and of course, we have some in the news from instructors. We're going to keep it brief yeah. and some fun content updates as well. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, wherever you find a podcast. You can find us while you're there. Be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Maybe leave us a review. Super helpful. Greatly appreciated. You can find us on 
Facebook at facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there. Like the page, join the group. It's a great way to stay up to date on things throughout the week. If you would like to engage with this even more, you can sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash the clip out. There's free levels where you get things like access to the book club or if you give us five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content like the clipped out where this week we'll be talking about an update on the michigan partnership and how that's playing out we talk about how you can now use two memberships on the same bike we talk about lots of extra instructor news because there is just so 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 much and an update to the canada clothing debacle absolutely so uh so all of that will live over there. You also get uh, ad free episodes. And if we have an episode early, you have an episode early. So also don't forget, you can watch these episodes on YouTube at youtube.com slash the clip out. And you can sign up for our newsletter at the clip where we send you weekly reminders of the episode. And sometimes we send out fun surveys, yeah. which were very helpful, which has changed to cause a slight tweak to the show. And of course, uh, cheaper Patreon levels. So yeah, that actually works it yeah. it does so uh so anyway uh there's all that let's uh let's dig in shall we we shall peloton in the news we have not one not two but three new power zone instructors i mean we all have thought forever hannah frankson was going to be a new power zone instructor. it's all i've thought about <laughs> okay well there are some people that is probably true okay. but I did not guess that Tunde was going to be a new Power Zone instructor and Charlotte, the German instructor. Gotcha. So that's the second Power Zone instructor that's going to be teaching in German, which ah. is awesome. And then, of course, that's going to add another um, Power Zone instructor to the UK roster. And then it's just nice to have a little female representation over here in the US. We have Christine and Olivia that currently teach Power Zone instructors, but it's nice to have a third because then there'll be the three guys and the three girls. Gotcha. So. Let me be the first to coin a phrase for when Tunde takes has a class. It's power zone day. <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> That's gonna be a thing. We'll remember who said it first. It's right here. Power zone day. It uh, Tunde does yeah. not have the same ring as Wilbert did. It does not no. for whatever reason. Yeah. So. And each of these ladies will be getting their very own debut uh class. So it uh kicks off with, I believe. Hannah Frankson is going to be this coming up this week on the 13th. And then Charlotte is going to be on the 21st. And then Tunde will be kicking hers off on November 26th. So let me ask you this. Bring it. What do you think this means in terms of other Power Zone instructors? Do you think this means you will be seeing the other Power Zone instructors less with the exception of matt wilpers obviously or do you think this means you will see even more power zone content i think you will see even more power zone content you know we talked about in the earnings call last week the earnings call coverage last week that peloton has been talking about they are finally seeing data wanting longer in classes mm -hmm. so i was just talking to stacy revere just before this because she was super excited about this announcement right and uh she was saying to me that she she noticed that they are doing more longer power zone classes and of course we just recently had the two our first ever two hour power zone class. So I suspect they are bringing more people on board to spread that out because, of course, these instructors can only 
do workouts so many hours a week. Sure. And don't forget that, you know, Matt teaches on the rower and Mm -hmm. he teaches on the tread. So they need to be able to have some they need to be able to spread that out. So it makes sense to me. That's yeah. what I think. No, that happen. makes total sense. I was just curious if like, like no, I, I said, think it's a great question. Need more content or same content, but spread over more instructor. So leaning toward the content. Awesome. Well, that's great. It is. After we recorded last week, Peloton on tour London was announced. We have the official lineup and uh, let's pound through it. OK, first of all, 15 instructors are going to be at this one that's like a that's like two ska bands worth of instructors <laughs> it is so who do you think plays trombone uh i'm gonna go with sam yo okay yeah uh but from the london side of things we're gonna have jermaine jocelyn ben we're gonna have brad hannah sam leanne Susie. And Hosky. But on the U.S. side, mm-hmm. we're going to have Olivia, Robin, Ali, Alex, Bex, and Emma all coming to London. I feel like, I'm just adding that up, I feel like you missed someone who will be in attendance. I was just about to get to that. Okay. I say we because you and I are going to London. Our first. This is my first time ever going to Europe. It is mine I'm as super well. Excited! I am I'm go- so excited. My goal is to relive every scene from National Lampoon's European Vacation. I don't want to do that. I want to get stuck in the circle around Big Bend yeah. and have a have a panic attack. Okay. Well, you, you know, I'll tell you what. I want to hit Eric Idle with my car. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I want to go on a on a pig based game show. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else. I want to do what I want to do all this stuff. German Oktoberfest? Yeah, I want to go to an Oktoberfest and get in a fist fight. Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Sydney and I are going to be watching while you do all those things, but we're going to be doing lots of fun things instead. Oh. Then yeah. I think what I just described is fun. But, you do uh, you, boo. Okay. okay. But yes, we are going to London. We're going to be at the London on tour. So you will have our boots on the ground, boots on the ground at every one of these events. Yes. And our final boots will be you. I would say us, but nobody wants my reports from <laughs> um, Peloton from London. I'm like, well, there's another person in leggings. Here, Here's I, what I'm asking from anybody in the UK that listens to the show. I believe it's called the Uck. Go uh, on. Okay. What we are thinking is Saturday... Before the wrap-up party, what say you and I, you and I, Tom, Mm -hmm. get together with all the people that want to join us in London and have a little, a little clip out pre-gaming before the big party? What what do you think? That sounds like a plan. I feel like they have a a British name for a get-together. They They probably probably do. Like, it's probably like like a do. A a tally-do. Ooh, or like, uh, let's bang on or something, you know? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, But in all seriousness, if anybody anybody has any ideas on where we can hold this thing or how to do that. For sure. Let me know. Reach yeah. out. Because um, we're just dumb Americans. We'll be over there in 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 Hideshare Square Plaza. Yeah. That sounds British. Yeah. And be like, is there a do you guys got an Applebee's? <laughs> I I am so excited. <laughs> and we are gonna have so much fun. You're gonna get so tired of seeing all of our posts because we are gonna do 
all the touristy things. Yes. All of them. We've already booked Hyde Park. Yes. We've already booked Harry Potter. Yes. Not as a guest. No. But that would be cool, though. To do the tour. Yeah. And then I wouldn't believe his metrics because no, he's magic. That's fair. It just doesn't seem like it's fair for everyone else. Yeah. I know the he's bikes. He's probably got a jacked bike. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So the boy who pedaled. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and what else? Oh, we're going to do a walking tour of Charles Dickens things yeah so i know that people have told me we need to do some kind of tea room but honestly i don't understand why like i don't get the tea room thing i'm not saying we won't do it i'm saying like literally explain yeah. to me what that means yeah, like, what I, would we do like sit down and actually drink tea because we don't drink tea i don't like tea so I, like would we just stare at each other like how does this work i don't like crumpets but you do like treats and i bet they have pastries make me sound like a puppy <laughs> <laughs> Well, you do have a lot in common with puppies. <laughs> I don't have as much fur as a puppy. So, um, but anyway, this is very exciting. I'm super excited about this. I've never been to Europe. I've never been to London, which makes sense because London is in Europe. You know what but, I'm most excited about about going to London? What's that? I so hope I get to find a way to meet Susie Chan. Ah, and I hope I get to find a way to meet Benny Hill. Is he still around with us? I don't know. Never mind. I don't. I don't. Yeah. We'll have to find somebody else for you to meet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe how, Husky? How about a beetle? A beetle? That could be tough. Don't they just issue you a beetle when you show up? I don't think so. No, yeah. And so. you said you didn't want to go to Liverpool. So. Well, Liverpool's a long drive, I think, isn't it? I have no idea. We have no frame of reference. To we us, don't know. everything is 30 minutes outside of London, which yeah. obviously is not true, but, uh, but we're done. Same Americans. as we feel about New York. Yes. It's all, yeah. So. Can't wait to get some perspective on it. Absolutely. So the login home screen got a cosmetic lift this week. It sure did. Okay, so check this out. It's going to have going forward this beautiful blue screen when you go to log in. Mm -hmm. Also, they have changed the font and moved your leaderboard down to the bottom of the screen. Oh, that's Instead probably where my leaderboard top. would have been anyway. <laughs> Facts. That's where mine is. And then whenever you log in and like you see your different classes, they now show like a little live emblem on the class that is like live right mm -hmm. now. So it's easy to find. Right. But the most interesting thing out of this, I thought, is that uh, Joe Vogley, one of our listeners, our mm -hmm. fabulous listeners, she was telling me that she thinks that this could have something to do, these changes could specifically have something to do uh, with being more inclusive. For example, uh, she told me that blue is the best color for people who are colorblind. So perhaps they made it blue and ni a nice faded blue background that right. has a blue fade on it Interesting. for people who are colorblind. And she said she's pretty sure that the font that is that they changed it to is the best font for people who have dyslexia. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know that it's the best font because I've read now all I know is what I've read, but I have read that the best font is Comic Sans and that and so because the, the article was all about how like when you like people love to to shit on Comic Sans and and it's it's an ugly font. It, right? I mean, it is. And, but um, but they said a lot of people select Comic Sans if they have dyslexia, because that for whatever reason, that is easier for their brain to process. And so they were like, hey, before you start just trashing somebody that that does everything in Comic Sans, like there could be a very, very real reason medical reason as to why they're doing that but i'm sure there are other fonts that are also easier than others so i'm you know 
I just I always found it fascinating that there could actually be a medical purpose to, of all things, Comic Sans. Yeah. And she kind of made it sound like Joe made it sound like that this this was like all the things you just said this particular font did. So I don't know if like she also said it was close to it. She wasn't sure if right. that specific font. So I don't, I don't know For enough sure. about but it. Like I said, it stands a reason there's more than one font that could achieve that. But there yeah. are definitely a finite number of fonts that can achieve it. So. Absolutely. But um, it, I hope that that is the reason. And it's super exciting um, just well, to see something fresh and new. Well, even if it's not the reason, I think we should all rejoice in the fact that there might have been an accident with Peloton. <laughs> that was a happy one. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. They accidentally did something to make things more accessible. Like maybe they did it on purpose, but if not, great. Yeah, it, it was it was a good one. You landed there anyway. And I also wanted to say that this definitely is on the bike, definitely on the tread. I think it's rolling out slowly because some people had it on the bike and not the tread. Some people had it on both. Yeah. Uh, but so far, as of yesterday, nobody had it on the row yet. Doesn't mean it's not coming. My guess is it will within the week. So, but that's, I'm sure there will be more updates to come. Gotcha. Well, like Kenny Wayne Shepard, it's blue on black. We're transitioning into our conversation about Black Friday sales, which have been announced for Peloton. They sure have. And uh, they are at the deepest discounts that we've ever seen. Wow. So for the original bike up to, actually, I think it might be the bike plus. I can't remember which is which, but there's up to $700 off. The cheapest we've ever seen it for the bike plus. That's what it was. Yeah. And that's on the package that has like all of the accessories. So you have to go in and kind of look, but they're all rolled out. The guide is back down to $95, the cheapest that we've ever seen it. And we saw it like whenever they had the latest prime days, they're back to that now. And don't forget that Peloton had said earlier this month, like they're going to price match on their own website through you know, the end of November. I guess nobody really needs to know that anymore. Right. Now that you know the prices, like, yeah. you're good to go. But they are out and uh, good deals on everything. Uh, so get to shopping. Awesome. Tread Plus will soon be available for pre-order. Yep. It's up on the site. You can now see it and you will be able to start placing your order in December for that early January release. Remember, these are very limited quantities. It is only what is in stock now. So they have not like they don't they don't have like this big massive build coming. Yeah, they so haven't fired the machine back up just no, yet. No, not yet. Uh, so if you want it, you better grab it. Uh, also, I got an email this week saying that like for my Tread Plus that they are going to be contacting me very soon to set up the rear guard being put on ah. the back of my Tread Plus. Awesome. So we will see. Hopefully it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Peloton and American Express have stroken up a partnership. They have. Uh, and so this is for the app specifically. Okay. Uh, and if you have the app membership, if you spend $12, you can get $12 back up to two times. Okay. In other words, if you have the app version, right, and mm -hmm. you spend, let's say, $24 a month, you can get $12 of that back each month. Okay. So you get two. So, so up I guess to 24 you have to move your membership payment, reoccurring payment to your Amex card. Is that how that works? I guess so. Okay. Yeah. I've never... I've never done something like that, so I don't know. Yeah, and we can't do it anyway because we have the All Access app. This is just for oh, it's just for just for the app membership. Gotcha. Okay. Peloton has expanded their commercial business. Yes, so it now includes uh, the rower and the bike plus, and they are expanding their 
corporate wellness benefits as well. Awesome. Well, that's I love seeing that increase. Yeah, yeah. And it sounded like on the earnings call, we're going to be seeing like, I think there's going to be a big announcement soon with a new customer. They didn't say who, but it sounds it sounds big. Interesting. Yeah. And coming up after this, we're going to talk to Dr. Jen. She's going to have tips on how to increase your motivation because sometimes we all need some increased motivation. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away a hundred or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're a hundred percent polarized. Um, and they also come in like a million different colors and styles for your $25 you're not sacrificing comfort safety or style if you want to support the show and pick up a pair gooder is giving the clip out listeners free shipping on their first order just go to gooder.com slash tco that's g-o-o-d-r.com and use code tco to get free shipping gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture, size. Yes. None of that with Hero Bread. No, because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs, they have like no substance to it. (laughs) It's like eating air. It is. And Hero Bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread. Like I did not feel like I was giving up something. I was surprised at how big each slice of bread was. Here's the real test of a piece of bread. (laughs) I didn't make a sandwich with these. I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Getting the psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. She was a five-year national team member in rhythmic gymnastics and sports psychology for USA Gymnastics. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hello. Hi. So glad to have you back. I have a question that, again, is more general, but I have noticed that some people have Well, actually, all people have different levels of motivation. And so thinking about this from the perspective of what makes us like get up and do the things we we say we want to do, are there like concrete steps that people can take to actually increase their motivation or to keep it up once they've decided to do something? 
Well, I think first of all, you have to look at what motivates you. And since we're on the clip out, let's let's put it in terms of like a Peloton workout. Okay. You know, why is it that you're doing your Peloton workout? And I think that one of the biggest mistakes people make about motivation is the things that cannot be controlled. For example, one of my least favorite motivators for someone, as you know, and you know what I'm about to say is, oh, I want to work out to lose weight because we cannot control what our body does, how it responds to our workout. But what we can control is how often we work out how we work out, that typically if we do certain things, we get stronger. Typically, if we do certain things, our endurance improves. So I like process-oriented goals that allow us to get the wins at the end. So for example, if you say, I'm going to do Emma's Crusher Core program and I'm going to take every class and complete it, Great. I love that. It's process oriented. You can control that. Or you make a workout plan and you stick to that. That's great. One of the biggest things that people do when it comes to mistakes about motivation is that they set goals that are too high and then they get mad at themselves for not being motivated. Yeah. We tend to be most motivated when we believe in ourselves. So if you make small manageable goals, you achieve the goal, you go, oh, I'm someone who keeps her promise to herself. And that's actually motivating because you're like, oh, I want to maintain that belief about myself and that identity as someone who keeps their commitment to themselves. So I caution people that if you're feeling unmotivated, you want to look at, am I, do I have the right program? Are my goals in line with the level that I'm at? If they are not, consult with a professional like Crystal (laughs) is trained in knowing how to help someone put together a program at their level and that will be enjoyable. And then I also think that sometimes we get very caught up in, I'm going to do all of the things I hate because we've heard a few Peloton instructors say, whatever it is that you don't like doing then those are the things that you should do more of because that's a weakness. But if you make a whole program of all things you hate, you are not going to be motivated to work out. There's got to be a balance. You've got to put in classes that are your favorite things that you look forward to doing. Everybody knows I love a good 80s class. <laughs> I will always pick a music class over anything. I'll, I'll climb a hill if it's to the 80s. I'll, I will do anything if it's to the 80s. But there are certain things that I really don't enjoy. You know, like I do cardio. I do a 10-minute cardio once a week right now. Do I love cardio? No, it's my (laughs) least favorite thing that I do. But I also love that I'm getting stronger. My cardio is improving. But there was a period of time where I did a 10-minute cardio and a 20-minute. And it was great at that moment. And then I hit a point where I was like, yeah, I'm burned out on this. I'm dreading my 20-minute workout. And I consulted with someone and they were like, then stop doing it. Like, I don't want you to hate or dread your workout. So it's finding that balance of things that challenge you and motivate you versus things that you just look forward to that motivate you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
I feel like with something like exercise, it's also important to have a goal that's maybe a little open-ended. And that ultimately, for me anyway, is the problem with having weight loss as a goal, is that you pick an arbitrary number and you hit it, and then you're like, I'm done. And then you undo all the good things you've done because you feel like it's over when it's not. Yeah. And and I think also when it when you bring up such a great point that when it's weight focused and you hit your goal weight, then what's going to motivate you? Right. And you know, one of the, the motivators that I love, and Crystal knows this from experience, <laughs> is an event that to plan to do a 5K, to plan to do a half marathon, a marathon, anything like that, those are really great goals because it gives you something to look forward to. It puts you in a new environment. It gives you training goals that have nothing to do with the things you can't control. And, and it's really fun. And actually there, there was a, a an article in the nineties, a, a study that I read that found that people who trained for a marathon with a partner were way more likely statistically to actually complete the marathon. And so I think another thing to really look at is how are you using your community? How are you using your support system? That I know that it's oftentimes hard for me to get on the tread for my long run. But when I was looking forward to seeing Crystal, we were running together, <laughs> it made it easier because I was like, Crystal's counting on me and I get to see her beautiful face. And that actually helped me to stay motivated. So I think that sometimes we have to kind of find other motivations that may not be what we traditionally think of, aka weight loss or looking a certain way. We need to look at connection. We need to look at health. We need to look at process-oriented goals. I think that makes a lot of sense because if you can always pick a new event, right? And or pick different types of events, but if you're picking a new weight, you're either not hitting a goal or you're stumbling into an eating disorder. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 And I think also one of the one of the goals that is undervalued, I think, are health goals. And 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 they're tougher goals because if you say, like, I want to exercise because I want to avoid cancer, and the studies show that exercise helps reduce your risk for cancer, you don't get like a plaque that says you have now avoided cancer <laughs> by 20%. <laughs> but I do think that it's something that especially as we get older and are more in touch with our mortality, that is something that can really keep you motivated. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for all that. Um, until next time, where can people find you? On social media at Dr. Jen Mann, two ends on Jen, two ends on man. Wonderful. Thank you. Instructors in the news. Robin Arzan had an interesting Instagram post this week. I believe those are called interesting grams. Yes. Yes. Well, she did indeed have an interesting gram and she is coming back to Peloton soon. Soon. That's what we got. Okay. Soon. It's very dramatic. I know. Everything going on this, here. Did you hear the music with this? Like it no. is super dramatic. Like I'm old. I do everything with the sound off. I do too. I do too. But I happen to have like I happen to like turn it up because I thought there might be like a date or something, you know, like yeah. a voiceover. I was like, Oh, I should listen. No, it's just dramatic music. Gotcha. But good dramatic music. Like, okay. It's well done. Well awesome. done. Ben and Leanne are teaming up not just in real life, but on the bike. Yes, they are going to have a two-for-one bike ride. Actually, they had a two-for-one bike ride this week to celebrate five years on the platform, together, 
it's a whole thing. It's just a big old love fest. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, congrats to them. Congrats to them yeah. indeed. So the New York City Marathon was last weekend. We'll do a full recap in our Patreon episode. But uh, there was a very emotional and dramatic moment involving Toon Day. Yes. Yeah, so Toon Day, she struggled with her her marathon. Now, if, for those of you who haven't heard yet, I, I mean, if you're listening to this, I feel like you probably follow as closely as I do. So you probably have heard that she uh, did a very last minute secret entry <laughs> to the marathon. She did not tell anybody until until the day of that she was running it. Yeah. So. A lot of people had noticed she'd been running a lot. There had been a lot of she's been asked about a million times. She's going to be a tread tread instructor. instructor, She said a million times no. no. (laughs) Uh, But she said in her she said in in one of her Instagrams that like by mile 23, she was ready to quit. Yeah. So I get it. She gets to 800 meters left and she stops. And who does she run into? But Mandy. Mandy is a a listener mm-hmm. and she's a peloton fiend like the rest of us <laughs> she met tune day in chicago so she went up to to tune day and she said come on come on i met you in chicago i need you to come with me and uh she got tune day across that finish line and like if you watch this if you're watching this or you go watch it on your own i get goosebumps every time i see that because you can just see tune day leaning on her yeah. like literally i needed that right you can see it in her body language and uh that is as uh as tune day says that is what this community is that's what it's always been that's what makes it special and uh as you said tom how cool is it to like get that reminder that you might be a peloton instructor you might be one of the yeah. ma- uh, most amazing athletes on the planet like tune day clearly is and you could still struggle with doing a marathon. It is yeah. not easy. There are different types of fitness, mm-hmm. right? Like, and so, like, is Tunde in amazing shape? Absolutely. No, no, I like you would be a fool and a communist to suggest otherwise. But just because she's really good at one thing doesn't necessarily mean she's going to be good at another. And so, which is like, it's fascinating because I would think somebody like that, like, yeah, running a marathon is difficult, but like, is as in shape as she is, that it should be like compared to the average person, relatively easy right. and to, to see that it's not is fascinating. And also, I think a great reminder for all of us mere mortals on fitness journeys. Right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that we all need a little help. We all need a little encouragement and we all need that that extra push over the finish line in different ways. Yeah. So uh, and, you know, Mandy, how great that you did that. Like so many people, I think, would have been afraid to say that to Tune Day. Like you don't know her, know her. Right. For sure. Like there's that parasocial relationship that we talk about where it's like you feel like, you know, her, but she doesn't know you. And then here she is having this difficult moment and like. Like, I know I would struggle. Well, I would struggle because it's a marathon, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I would struggle with like, should I bother this person right now? They're clearly having a moment. And I like, who am I to go up to this amazing athlete that I am nothing in comparison to? Right. Like, you know, I totally get how that could be a struggle. So it's great. It's a great story. And congrats to Tune Day for finishing. Absolutely. Absolutely. We look forward to power zone days <laughs> we do <laughs> benny adami is teaching his first ever english language ride he did teach it this past saturday he just <laughs> taught his first ever 
English language ride. Yes, it was a Schlager ride, which is apparently a type of music, I guess. Okay, I don't know. It sounds um, dirty to me. So I'm, my head is just going to stay dirty. But I'm, go ahead, enjoy. Yeah. Um, but I'm super excited. People that had not gotten to take a class with Benny yet were able to take this class. If you haven't yet, I mean, Benny is just so fun. He is literally a vibe. Like, make sure you get a chance to go circle back around and take this class from Saturday, November 4th at noon. Coming up after this, we're going to talk about who is the latest person to have an artist series and also go over all the cool content. So if you're trying to put together classes for yourself, you know what the best of the best is. So stick around. Peloton Artist Collaboration. The latest artist series features none other than DMX. Yeah, this is cool. They're going to have seven classes for DMX. But also, they're going to have a lane break tread and a lane break ride class. So a total of nine different classes that you can take to celebrate DMX. Awesome. Yeah. It's cool whenever I get to do one that people don't go who? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Although I'm sure there are some older people. Oh, of course. There's going to be some people. But DMX, I would think, is pretty well known. Oh, that was a little Larry David. A little Larry David for little you. Larry pretty, David. Pretty, 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 pretty well known. <laughs> New content. If you love your Peloton, you know there is a wealth of content and you never know what to pick, right? Sometimes it's paralyzing trying to decide what you're going to use your limited time on. It can be. That's where we come in. It is. Starting with. The TCO top five. We have crowdsourced all the information from people who have already taken classes and they tell us what the best of the best is. Here we go. One, two, three, Crystal. All right. Well, check this out. If you want an upper body challenge, you need to go back to December of 22 and take a 20 minute seated adaptive upper body with Logan Aldridge. Betsy says this is a great adaptive class. I recently had knee surgery. I'm unable to do anything except upper body. And I was thrilled to find these workouts. Then we have our favorite Peloton ride. Now, I heard this from so many people. The 60-minute cover-to-cover ride with Jen Sherman from October 29th. David Stember said, this was this ride was a masterclass in awesomeness. I feel like I should write Jen Sherman a thank you note, but I'm pretty sure she checks new posts on the clip out each morning. Holy smokes, that music was amazing. Take this ride. You won't be sorry. <laughs> and Jennifer agreed, and she cried when it went from nothing compares to you into purple rain only jen sherman can pull off that transition (laughs) Uh, then we have the favorite peloton row this one was on november 2nd 20 minute 1989 taylor's version row with matt wilper keisha dykes said that this is one of many for whom taylor swift is a gateway to new things in her case it was matt wilper's row and she said i don't usually row with matt but i will probably start more i love the long intervals and obvi the music was perfection (laughs) then there was the favorite peloton run again taylor uh 11 to 23 this was 30 minutes with selena samuela uh and uh, nicole marie said the 1989 run she gives a long warm-up and cool down with some interval and he'll work in the middle i've already taken it twice and i added it was great i took it yesterday as part of a long run day <laughs> and i loved it because i had three taylor swift glasses all lined up for 90 minutes <laughs> And our favorite unstackable ride comes from a 15-minute Tabata ride with Robin Arzon from 10 23 
boy, oh boy, this came from Laura Corcoran, and she said, if you're doing it right, she's in yellow, it's unstackable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Tabata climb, y'all. Woo, that's a lot. Tabata in yellow. Mm-hmm. Not good. And a climb. Oof. Tabata climb yellow. Yeah. That's really all you need to know. Peloton also has just released a five burrows outdoor run series <laughs> yes that okay. is okay so this, right. this is in partnership with the new york road runners so we talked to, to rob uh similar last, last week, week yeah. and uh he had said hey you're going to start seeing content drop well this is the very first thing we saw drop five different classes one for each borough so i thought this was going to be kind of like toward the marathon right like you right. go through it like you're kind of doing the simulation of the marathon mm -hmm. no it is not that but in my opinion it actually might be better because each borough gets their own 30 minute run and it's based on the music and the details from that borough ah. so this week i took the uh queens and staten island and i found out that i really dig the musicians in queens on Staten Island. <laughs> Who That's was in it, Staten Island? It, it's already or was it gone. It's more like a genre that you it don't was, care for. No, it was kind of all over the place, but it just like it was some people that like I just didn't care for the music or at least those specific songs chosen. Whereas Queens had like so many people. I mean, I believe Beastie Boys yeah, I think and that's Beastie Boys, yeah. there was like several like I want to say there were several like songs, like hip hop songs that I remembered. Right. I don't remember who sang them. And then for whatever reason, like there was a song from, uh, I want to say Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. Oh, okay. And then the, um, the Somewhere Over the Rainbow guy. What's his name? He has like the ukulele oh, version. Oh, the ukulele version. Yeah. I can't ever think his of his name. Yeah. But him too. So like it was this interesting eclectic thing. Plus it was Maddie. Now I love Selena and Selena did the Staten Island one. So I thought I would enjoy that too. But I don't know. It just some of the music just didn't hit. Yeah. Which is okay. Like yeah, it's not for it's sure. not all for me. I'm a little disappointed that the Somewhere Over the Rainbow ukulele guy isn't from Hawaii. I guess because it's that. a ukulele. I well, just always assumed it was Hawaii. He might have just lived in Queens. Okay, so that's another thing. Some of these artists, and I noticed this more on Staten Island than on Queens, they like might have like gone to high school there. Or gotcha. they were born there or something. like somewhere. Gotcha. Yeah, like Christina Aguilera was on the Staten Island one. That was a song I knew. Okay. But yeah. I don't really like her that much. <laughs> like Genie in a Bottle? Eh, it's just yeah. not my thing. Doesn't rub you the right way? It doesn't. No. It doesn't. But I know it does other people. Yeah. So... So Tunde has a an arms program in German, putting the D E in Tunde? Tunde. Tunde. Tun T U N D E. Yeah, I and fixed that for you. Germany. I don't is know where you were going. D E. Right. Is it's because it's the country. Deutsch version. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There's a German joke in there somewhere. There is. I'm scared what it is though. Um but yeah, <laughs> uh so so Tunde's this is her arms with Tunde program that's been around for a while, but right. it's been completely remastered we're gonna say that sure. uh for for german viewing so it's dubbed it is dubbed gotcha it is dubbed i'm just so glad they're doing it though yeah. like i like that they're making a point to add in this german content Germans, i don't know if you know this or not mm -hmm. germans also have arms they do yeah. they do yeah sometimes they have too Pretty many arms people. and then they invade poland oh and you have issues let's not talk about invasions yeah. it's not a good time <laughs> <laughs> it's nice for someone else to be invading germany for a change <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> no comment 
going to get us yelled at. And uh, finally, this week at Peloton, courtesy of Peloton. Well, so we already talked about the five borough outdoor runs, Uh but I wanted to make sure that we also talked about this epic sing-along. Now, this is a super, super special class because on Sunday, November 12th, Jen Sherman is celebrating 10 years. Wow. With Peloton. That's pretty awesome. It is. Yeah. Uh, so that is a special sing-along. There's also a bunch of new foam rolling and mobility content that dropped. So make sure you check that out. Also in English and German. Okay. So a lot of new content dropping this week. Awesome. Yeah. Peloton birthdays. We've only got one birthday this week, and it is from Aditi Shaw. Well, I guess it's probably from her mother. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just for Aditi. But it's for Aditi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Happy birthday, Aditi. Uh, happy birthday. That will be on November 10th. So there you go. Happy birthday. And coming up after this, we're going to talk to David Kipper, have a fascinating conversation about how your brain works. So uh, I think you're going to dig it. You should stick around. Checking in with the Peloton community. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Dr. David Kipper. He is a Beverly Hills internist with a highly personalized boutique practice and an international clientele. HIPAA prevents us from letting you know, but you would know some of these people. He's fancy. He provides individualized and preventative care for his patients with sub-specialization in addictive disorders. He's published numerous articles on health and healthcare advocacy. He's produced segments for the Today Show. He's appeared as a medical expert on multiple major networks. He's also authored two best-selling books, including The Addiction Solution and Override, and he also hosts bedside matters which is a podcast you should check out and yet for some reason he's still here talking to us hey david how's it going (laughs) hello fine and i'm happy to talk to you guys (laughs) well thank you for being here i was so delighted when we found out that you were a peloton user and we were talking a little bit today and we had an interesting conversation about all of what goes into Peloton and kind of the, I won't even say the psychology, the science behind why that works. But before we get into that, I would also like to ask, when did you originally get into Peloton? I still like to hear everybody's background on Peloton. I was always a runner many, many years until a meniscus ended that career. And then I was starting to hike and I would do that for a long time. And then I had a patient who bought a Peloton treadmill when it first came out. And I had been on Pelotons before and I liked them and I liked the idea of it, but didn't have one. And that person did not want their Peloton anymore. And they wanted to basically give it away to their doctor. They didn't, we gave them some money for it. But (laughs) then I got onto that treadmill and I absolutely loved it. And it's perfect for all the right reasons. I mean, it's convenient. If the weather's not good for hiking, we have rattlesnakes along our hikes. So certain times of the day, I can't do that where I don't have that problem on a Peloton. (laughs) Plus, you don't get as sweaty. It's different when you can sweat inside versus outside, I think. (laughs) And I love some of the components on that. I love that you can go to another country and do a walk or a fast walk as, as much as I go. And I love that there are people around doing the same thing. That's sort of comforting. And the convenience is great. So there's no excuses not to exercise if you have a Peloton. 
So do you know off the top of your head if you have a tread or a tread plus? Does it have slats? I don't know that nuance. Okay. Uh, gotcha. I, how, how new is the tread plus? So it originally came out in 2018, but then the larger one that has the slats that are horizontal, that one got pulled from the market in 2021 due to a few injuries and also a tragic death that occurred where a child got pulled underneath the tread plus. And so they've been working with the CPSC to rectify that and put a rear safety guard on it. And so those were recalled. And then that is actually supposed to be back up for sale in time for the holiday season with all of its new fancy safety gear coming out as well. But my guess just painting with a broad brush, using my marketing brain and applying demographics to the situation, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if it's Beverly Hills, the guy or gal <laughs> probably had a tread plus. <laughs> it's- I was in New York this past week and I was staying at this hotel and it was like a kid in a candy store in their workout room, in their gym. They had all the different kinds of Pelotons. Oh, so I'd not been on a bicycle until this trip, and I tried the bicycle. That was fun and different. So there's variety. It's great. There is. I know that you're an addiction specialist, so I say this very with light, but I'm a little bit addicted to Peloton. Lowercase a. Yeah, little a. I have the tread plus, I have the rower and the bike plus, and I also have the guide. So I've made it my world. Peloton has become my world. (laughs) How do you decide which one to use? Well, I have been... She sits there and waffles for 40 minutes and then finally picks one and then complains that she picked the wrong one until it's time to pick again. Then I beat myself up for picking the wrong one. I actually, in all seriousness, I've been really into running lately, so I have been spending a lot of time on my tread. I used to bike all the time. And then somewhere along the way, I got involved with the community. They convinced me to start running and I really took to it. I really enjoyed it. I'm the slowest runner that you will ever find. She's running right now. uh, Yeah. You you just can't see because that's how slow I am. (laughs) But I absolutely love it. And I do a lot of rowing in between though, but I use the rowing as more of a warm up for everything. So that's kind of how I make it work. And then I also have a tonal, and I tend to use that whenever I do strength. So I don't use the guide very much. That's the one that gets neglected the most, probably. <laughs> I would get a great endorphin from running. And it was the only time I would ever get an endorphin. And other things, I would, whether I walked or I hiked, and even on a treadmill, I wasn't getting the same endorphin. Now I'm getting that same endorphin. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. And that's one of the reasons that I sort of resisted getting a treadmill, because when I would travel and I'd go on a treadmill, I wouldn't get the same effect. But now in the Peloton, I'm getting that. So I'm thrilled. That's great. Why do you think that is as a medical professional? I don't know. I think part of it is that I'm going slower because I'm no longer running. (laughs) And therefore, because I'm going slower, I'm going longer. And I have a feeling that it's because I'm extending my workout that that's coming through. But it's a whole different day for me if I don't exercise in the morning. I'm not nearly as nice and empathic and caring and loving. It's very different when I've had a dose of an endorphin. Well, that's not very important in your line of work, I wouldn't (laughs) think. Well, 
<laughs> oh, hang on. I thought it was bedside matters. It's bedside matter. So it's getting matter and matter. <laughs> treadmill matters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm the same way. If I don't have a workout, it's I. I feel like something's missing. Like I feel like something's missing, and it doesn't feel the same. I'm the outlier who works out in the afternoon. I don't do it in the morning. And you don't get the endorphins out of it. And I hate it. <laughs> well, there you go. You've sold me on yes. moving to the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal, don't you find that when you work out in the mornings that you tend to eat a little more carefully, that you probably sleep a little bit better? I definitely sleep better and I do eat better overall. Now, there are exceptions to that. I would be lying if I said there weren't. I have a terrible sweet tooth, like terrible sweet tooth. If there is chocolate in the house, I work from home now and it's dangerous, like really dangerous because if there is chocolate in the house, I find it. I ferret it out. And so <laughs> I have to be careful about that. I don't think ferrets can have chocolate. This, that could this be is probably true, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me more about this conversation we had a little bit earlier today. You were telling me about this book. There was a whole background to it. I'm not setting it up properly, but I was really fascinated <laughs> by these different ways of things that kept you from exercising different, like the endorphins have a lot the, to do with the it. The chemistry of the brain. Thank you. For years, I was trying to convince people to do lifestyle the right way. You shouldn't do this. You should do this. Be exercising, you should stop smoking, you should lose weight. And I would spend plenty of time with people. I would hear them out. I would try to figure out where the resistances were coming from and create plans. Never worked. I couldn't get people to change their lifestyle. And so at some point, I figured, well, this is just me. I'm not doing this right. And then I had a conversation with a really dear friend of mine who's a PhD psychologist, Dr. Cowan, and we've known each other forever. And he and I, in a conversation, were lamenting how we were both idiots and neither one of us could get people to listen to us. And then I thought, well, maybe it's not just me and it can't be just the two of us. So there was a missing link in this. And from work that I had done with addiction, where I realized that the drugs actually pick us. We don't pick the drugs. You take a drug that gives you a chemical that your brain is deficient in. As an example, people that have alcoholism tend to be low in serotonin. People that do stimulants like cocaine and methamphetamine, they are deficient in dopamine. And so they're not attracted to both. Why isn't it that people... <laughs> do all drugs. If you have an addictive personality, why aren't you doing everything? That's the reason. It's your brain chemistry. And the way this sorts out, which is really interesting, and now it is very scientifically documented, there are two basic neurotransmitters in the brain. There's dopamine and serotonin. They're opposite in what they do. Dopamine is a stimulating neurotransmitter and serotonin is a calming neurotransmitter. And the body wants both. You want equilibrium. The body, if it gets too excited, it wants to calm down. If you're too calm, it wants to bring you up a little bit so that you're in an equilibrium. And it also has some evolutionary benefit. And so that's how our brains decide and mitigate how we behave, as an example. And we all have imbalances in both. Some of us have imbalances more in one direction than the other. 
And so if you are dopamine imbalanced, the behaviors that you can see predictably are things like being reward driven. This factors into motivation, by the way, and I'm getting in a long winded <laughs> way to why this counts in exercise and in all of these different lifestyle issues. How do you motivate somebody to change their behavior? So if you have a dopamine imbalance, you are motivated by reward, immediate gratification, variety. You might have some problems with impulse control, with focus. So there are all these behaviors that we see with a dopamine imbalance. If you have a serotonin imbalance, you are the opposite. You're looking for calm. You don't have problems with impulse. If you're mad at somebody, they're not really going to know about it until you get to a point. I think, Tom, you were saying to you're ready to murder them. <laughs> <laughs> I had just for the record, I have never murdered anyone no. that you can prove. <laughs> Great Good to know. Super yeah. comforting, honey. <laughs> So the serotonin people are the ones that tend to be more anxious, have social anxiety. They can be more meticulous and problem solving. The dopamine people, I'm a dopamine person, they're big picture. They come up with their conclusions pretty quickly. They're often wrong. Someone with a serotonin imbalance is doing a much better job of fettering out what's going on. They're usually right. And these behavioral patterns they really are reflexes. And once you know how people behave, you can pretty much guess where their imbalances are. So where does that come into motivation? So let's say we're trying to get somebody motivated to exercise. If you're trying to get me motivated as a dopamine person, you've got to build in some reward. You've got to build in some variety. You've got to make it pretty short-term rewards and short-term activities because we tend to get bored easily. Dopamine imbalanced people tend to hold a schedule much better than the serotonin people. And I think that's sort of a survival mechanism for us because we're not as focused generally. So if I know who I'm dealing with neurochemically, I can then design a behavioral program that will build in some of these motivating factors. And it works if you then set these things up. And there are medications, of course. You have a hyperactive kid in the classroom. He's a menace to the environment. And you give that kid a stimulant. Makes absolutely no sense. He's hyperactive because his dopamine levels are low. You give him a stimulant, which is giving him dopamine. He calms down. You give people that are socially anxious, you give them back a little serotonin and they're a lot better. This is where alcohol comes in. Alcohol is giving you serotonin. So there are people that go to a party where they don't know anybody and or they don't know enough people in this party and they preload with alcohol because now they're bumping up their serotonin stores and they get to this party and they're a little more gregarious and so these neurochemicals make a difference. And I think designing these programs, whether it's exercise, weight reduction, sleep issues, you have to know your audience. So figuring that out, you can then design some very specific programs. Generic advice for lifestyle change doesn't work. That's why there's 4 million books out there 
based on you shouldn't eat this, you shouldn't go to sleep with this going on. These generic solutions don't work because we're not generic. I feel like it'll work if they cast the net wide enough. They'll scoop up some people that it works for accidentally. And then those people, if they scoop up enough of them, become like acolytes. Yeah, they're evangelical (laughs) about whatever this product is. I always say that I feel like when it comes to like how you should eat, I always say it's very much like religion. People find the thing that works for them and they think it therefore should work for everyone. And then they won't shut up about it. (laughs) And that brings up another issue, which is durability. So you throw that net out. You're absolutely right. And there are going to be people that are going to be converts and they're going to behave this way. But then after a while, their neurochemistry and their reflexes are going to resurface. And you may not be able to keep them on that path. And that's generally what happens. So people can be really good at these things for a few weeks or a month. And then it falls apart. Think about New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Starting around December when we're bloating out and we're drinking too much and we're staying up too late. We're going to make those resolutions January 1st. I'm sure you have a lot more sales <laughs> in the beginning of the year than you do at the end of the year. We that would see be it bad. in our downloads. We do see like, it in our downloads. We can tell what time of the year it is <laughs> by where we're at and the ebb and flow of the download. So like summertime is really bad. And then but next week it will start to pick up and it will ramp up through January, February. And then as you start to approach summer, it will decline again. Yeah, it's fascinating. And medicine is that way. As an internist, I don't see nearly as many people in the summer. Why is that? My guess is that people are outside. People are socializing. People are traveling. People are less burdened down by their day-to-day stuff. And I think something clearly happens in the summer that we're not seeing at any other time. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. So when you take somebody like Tom, who hates exercise, no matter what he does, do you have any thoughts on like where he might land in something like that? Or is that just a piece of it? Like what you're talking about, the chemical piece of it. And so that's like something to look at, but not the only thing a person should be looking at for motivation. Well, first of all, I think if he's someone that hates to exercise, he should not sell Pelotons. That's (laughs) Well, I don't. We are not affiliated with Peloton, yeah. <laughs> just to be no. fair. <laughs> but I think there are pieces of this so that there are reasons that people don't want to exercise and that are beyond just their neurochemistry. But their neurochemistry does play into this. So if someone is motivated to make changes in their life and what motivates people from a health standpoint to make changes are usually fear. Somebody famous gets sick and for two months, everybody's going for a chest CT or someone's going for a colonoscopy or whatever that is. So people that are not prone to exercising, and that's a lot of people, period. This behavior isn't new behavior. Tom, my guess is that you were not fond of PE when you were- Oh, God, no. That is living hell. But when I hear people complain about like PE and they were worried about not getting picked first, and I was like, dear God, don't pick me first. You should pick me last. I'm awful. I don't need the added pressure of being picked first. 
Like, you don't... never got out of right field in Little League, right? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, this is a good one. First off, I will tell the short version of the story. First off, and I swear to God, this is true. I struck out at T-ball. That happened. <laughs> I was so bad. And again, I this sounds like I'm doing my tight five, it right? Does. But like, I swear to God, this is true. I was so bad at T-ball. They made up a position for me to play. Now, they made up positions anyway so more kids could play. You had, like, shortstop and then center field, like traditional positions. And then in between shortstop and center field, you had what they called short center, right? <laughs> then they also had a guy who played behind the center fieldsman called back center, okay? I played behind that guy. <laughs> That's how bad I was. You were on the other side of the fence, I, my, right? You were next door. My job was if the ball were to somehow make it out to me, I should just pick it up and bring it in with me at the end of the inning because the play had already taken place. So, like, that is 100% true. I played behind the guy who played back center. That's how bad I was. Oh, honey. So this answers that question, Crystal, is that there are smaller things. But again, I think the neurochemistry comes into this. Our neurochemistry is genetically inherited. So if you have an imbalance in your serotonin or dopamine system, that comes from above. That comes from a parent. And what's really interesting about that is where all that information comes from in the body. It doesn't start in the brain. It comes from an area in your small intestine where the small intestine connects to the colon is called a cecum. That's where your appendix flops around. In the cecum, which is like a two-inch organelle, is where the body has these colonies of bacteria, virus, funguses that will determine the level of your neurotransmitters. They'll determine your immune system. They'll determine your insulin levels. So a lot goes on in this microbiome, and there is a connection between the gut and the brain. There's actually neurologic pathways that connect, and this is where this all comes from as a factory, but where it is determined is in your genetics. Well, that's fascinating. What do you feel like when you see all of the different things that Peloton does, where do you feel like they fall in the motivation and who are they attracting? Are they attracting people who have one side or the other? Or do you think they're attracting like across the board, different kinds of people? Well, I think both, to be honest with you. So let's say that you are serotonin deficient and you function from fear. Somebody in your family gets a bad diagnosis, or you go to your doctor and the doctor says, well, gee, your hemoglobin A1C, your pre-diabetes blood test says that you're headed towards diabetes. Well, that'll scare the pants off of them, and they are then motivated to do something. And so where machinery, Peloton, comes in is that there is no excuse. There's no time issue, so it's available. There's the convenience of it is that you have it right there. So there's almost no reason why you can't do that. Whereas somebody that's got a dopamine deficiency and they're used to this kind of regular exercise because they get that reward, just the endorphin reward, it becomes the same issue. Again, they have no excuse. There's no issue of convenience or time. And 
there's all this variety for a dopamine person. It's fantastic because you can do all these different programs. You have three different kinds of pelotons. So I think the neurochemistry comes into this to some degree, but everybody sort of can filter into this for different reasons. That's fascinating. So you gave us some homework uh-huh. that we have here. <laughs> it was questions that we were supposed to answer that would help us figure out what our brains are doing. Yeah. So did you want to kind of walk people through like what the sort of things we were so, asked and where we would land? So this is a test that Dr. Cowan and I created that is based on behaviors and you extrapolate the behaviors backwards into if they're showing these behaviors, these are the brain chemical deficiencies or imbalances. And we talked about a little bit of this before. We all are hybrids, so people can fall into a bell-shaped curve. So there are some people, fewer than most, that fall in the middle. And then everything that falls off of that bell-shaped curve is where most people end up. So most people have one versus the, one greater than the other as far as their imbalances. But you can have specific imbalances that create these specific behaviors. So this test that you were given is based on these behaviors. So 30 questions, you answer the ones that are true to you. Do you get nervous in a new social situation? Do you always look for something new and exciting? Are you capable of taking a risk? Are you someone that gets into the weeds on problem solving? I'm just picking a few of these questions sure. out that will, again, identify whether this is a dopamine behavior or a serotonin behavior. We actually tired of talking about this as neurotransmitters, and we labeled the dopamine people swords because they're actively out there <laughs> looking and slashing, and, and the serotonin people being far more common trying to avoid that, they were the shields. Mm -hmm. So we had, I'm a sword, and a serotonin person would be a shield, and interestingly enough, Dr. Cowan and I were on different sides of the fence. <laughs> so when we were writing this book together, we each had different behaviors about punctuality, about staying on time, about how we, so we annoyed each other all the time because we were opposite. It's funny, and, though, because Crystal and I are very opposite on things, but we feel like it's what makes it ultimately work is because I'm not good at the details and getting down in the weeds, but I'm really good big picture. And so I'll be like big picture stuff. And then I hand it off to her and then she does the actual work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the two of you walk into a car dealership and you want to get a car. Tom is walking out of there with the car. And Crystal, you're saying, no, 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 no. Let's shop around a little bit. Maybe we get a better price. And you're both annoying each other on some level. <laughs> And that's how these two behavioral types sort of interact. And Tom, what you said, I think is true. I think that it's good to have a little bit of the other side of who you are. Yeah, yeah I agree wholeheartedly, which is why I married her. <laughs> I, uh, and if we were in a car dealership, it would she'd be like, let's get the sports car. And I'd be like, let's get a family truckster. We'll get more use out of that. There is no doubt that I would say sports car. And the funny thing is, although day to day, I am so detail oriented when it comes to stuff like that. I'm like sports car. I don't care how much it costs. Why do we have to deal with things like that? Buy the car. Done. We're done here. Like and Tom would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
hold on. <laughs> Let's talk about this. It's so funny because like when it's day to day, I'm the one that's like centered on the schedule. I'm focused on all the details. But when it gets to like things I want, I just go for it. My therapist says that I have controlled impulse behavior, which I've never heard, but I love. <laughs> so you're the guy driving around with a gun in his car for road rage, but you don't load the bullets. Yeah, that's exactly right. Or like, if you tick me off, wait for it. I may not come after you right now, but there will be a moment. You won't know when it's coming, but it's here. I will wait till that moment and then I will verbally eviscerate you and then I will never talk to you again. But I wait. I wait for the moment. <laughs> but if you look at these behaviors, all of these behaviors, they're behaviors that have traveled along with you your whole life. They're reflexes. And changing those reflexes is very difficult. So getting people to motivate to do things that are against their grain is why the recidivism rate for whether it's addiction, whether it's an eating program, whether it's an exercising program, it's very difficult. That's fascinating. So I think we're going to put a pin in this interview right here. In fact, I know we are because I'm putting it in right now. Okay. Boop. Boop. That's what my pins sound like. Boop. Yeah. It sounds like the tonal boop. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. No. But we will come back and complete our conversation with David Kipper next week because mm -hmm. he was so gracious to spend so much time with us. He was. So uh, until then, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. They can find me on all the socials and Peloton leaderboard at Clip Out Crystal. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online at facebook.com slash the clip out. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our Patreon where we will continue this conversation with all the stuff that we didn't have time for in this episode. So we will meet you over there. Let's go do that now, Tom. Okay. Until then, keep pedaling. And running. And rowing. <laughs>